0: Welcome, Welcome to, to Word, Word to Literary. Later. We're your hosts, Jonathan and Kenny. Yeah, but I'm Kenny. That's my voice. Yes, and, and I'm Jonathan. I'm that's over his here. voice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Welcome back, you are figure this out. In this episode, we're going to be talking about a movie that just released on Netflix, a movie starring Jamie Foxx, Snoop Dogg, and Dave Day Franco Frank. called... Day Shift. Yes, and... Oh, what a movie <laughs> it was quite entertaining it really
1: was i mean it really, it really, really went back to like solid 90s like was a schlocky action it was over the top it was entertaining it answered no
0: questions it was very just action oriented and comedic it, it, it kind of leaned on that you know good old action comedy trope and Definitely i a buddy comedy yeah yep Yep. And I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I really did. Like it left a lot to be desired. Still, if you wanted something with like good foundation story and just great delivered dialogue.
1: Okay, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt you there. Sure. The dialogue was delivered well. Like I really enjoyed it. The quits between the characters excellent true a little unbelievable but entertaining as shit
0: yes yes and 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 definitely not disparaging the dialogue by any means like it was it was well written it's just very quippish like you said no substance right the the there's a lot of questions that i felt at the end of this film that i was like y'all just didn't want to answer any of that did you they're setting it up for the sequel they are night they shift to be, right <laughs> That's that's ultimately what I think it's gonna be called it's it's a perfect setup. Hey, you're on the day shift because only the good hunters get to be on the night shift, so uh, oh, look at that. Maybe you're a good hunter. I don't know maybe gotta watch the movie gotta find out gotta find out yeah. now at this point, I'll say spoilers ahead because we're gonna be going in depth on what we thought what well. More of what we thought. Yeah. Since we've already given you a little bit of tidbit there. Correct.
1: And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, you should always expect spoilers from us. Like, that's just a given. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's true. My intention here isn't to leave you wanting. Right. Of course. So, we'll just jump right into it. Movie kicks off in a very, can I, I'm wondering if it's, I'm just going to say it, California love. Great song, great song overused into oblivion at this point. Sure, I would agree
1: with you there. But I'm also going to say like the whole soundtrack was outstanding. Uh, Yes, I mean, it was a great like what? Nineties rap.
0: Yeah, yep. Like solid. Yeah, we uh, we kick off with a remix. That's the only reason it's like, all right, that's fine. But we kick off with a remix of California Love. And it introduces us to Jamie Foxx's character, who you're just kind of like, oh, he works for the pool company. Yeah. Cleans pools and does pool things. And then you'll bust out with his Glock and his balaclava. (laughs) Yeah. You know, he, he gets out of his truck and then next thing you know, he's packing a full arsenal and you're just like, oh where's this headed we all know we know what we're getting into we started this movie with the intention of watching a vampire film
1: well and the movie was quick like five minutes into the movie it set up the whole premise it's about jamie fox being a badass vampire hunter
0: yeah you're you're right like at least as far as like the the general premise of the movie we're talking jamie fox is out there hunting and doing it in style trying to make
1: some change
0: too while he's at it yeah money not some good societal like holy shit (laughs) if i could go be a vampire hunter i would i some lucrative it the the fangs were definitely value money depending on so that was something that was interesting is pretty quickly into it we we discovered that there's actually like different (sighs) species almost
1: Vampires, which is not explained, like where they come from or how. With nope. the like, one exception of like the elders. Yeah, if they're all, if they're a hundred years and older, they're elders. You get more money and a lot more money. Yeah, but which... then at the same time, I also have the question: Is how, like, why, where does a
0: union get the money to pay people for these like teeth? So, I think that's the best thing for us to dive into first. This movie did not answer some very important questions if you are looking for something with a very solid foundation of story there's no books that i'm aware of (laughs) with knowing that this is purely made for movie this was meant for netflix maybe we need to go back though maybe really it's building on what abraham lincoln vampire hunter built sure that was a book maybe there's more answers there maybe there is maybe there's some information i need to read that book (laughs) (laughs) no so we've got a a story that's just designed to be action-packed that doesn't care about answering all the mundane questions about where the union gets the money to pay for all of these teeth right yeah and also what the value actually is behind the teeth? They never explain that. You realize? Oh, I know. They're just like, hey, if you if you got some young vampire teeth, they're not for, they're they're not worth very much. If you got some elder vampire teeth, you're talking twenty plus thousand dollars for the pair, right? It's it's good money. But at the end of the day, you're like, what why are you using these for? Is it just is it jewelry? Is it they're grinding up and snorting this shit? That's what I don't think is happening. <laughs> <laughs> this is I, some next level coke. That's all I'm saying. It's like it's like some sort of yeah, it's some sort of drug or something. I don't know. But ooh, that's what the sequel
1: Night Shift is. El Jefe is actually the union.
0: Interesting, interesting. So we do eventually get introduced to a character, or well, to no, the, no, no, to the it's idea like of a name, dropped, it's yeah. a name drop. Yeah, name drop. Yeah. Right off the rip, Jamie Foxx.
1: Vampire in.
0: His name's Bud. He rolls in and he just starts looking. He rolls in and
1: just starts murdering a vampire, which admittedly, the fight scene in this movie are badass. They're really well done.
0: Yep. It kind of felt John Wick-esque. Fair enough. Um, One piece of trivia that I found, for those of you who haven't even seen the trailer for this yet, something that you need to be... Uh, aware of is that there are some very twisty contortion-y vampires like they flip around in ways that are just extremely hard to look at (laughs) yeah
1: it's impressive
0: it's very impressive but it's also like wow can the human body do that like you kind of felt like it was going to be cg but guess what it was all legit and it was because it was contortionists from cirque du soleil and such which is impressive. I mean,
1: that's cool. I don't want to contort my body like
0: that. No. <laughs> so, but we're, we're introduced to some, like, really interesting and wild vampires where they've got these, you know... They, they inserted some very bone-breaky sounds that made it sound like they shouldn't be able to do that. But apparently it was all legit because they're contortionists. Like, no big deal. But then... All of the choreography for this was just impressive because of how they were able to move around and then also intermix the fight scene. And yeah, it felt kind of John Wick esque in the fact that it was very fast paced. It was very you, you didn't it didn't linger so long that you felt grossed out looking at a lot of the carnage that was going on. You know, and right after Bud uh finishes off the initial hunt he extracts their teeth we learn that there are elements to fighting a vampire that have kind of been beyond like the typical tropes that we've heard in other vampire stories where it's just like you know stake to the heart or burn them correct uh, there's rules as they are adamant about like
1: hitting you over the head with there are rules to this universe But then I feel like they're a little inconsistent at times. But yeah, like what? Wood to the heart, then silver to the neck to
0: kill him? Yeah, which, you know, if you go back to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's just a wooden stake to the heart. That's it. If you talk about Interview with a Vampire or Lost Boys, same thing, stake to the heart. It didn't get so complicated.
1: Yeah, which, you know, a side note, in this vampire universe both twilight and and rice are things
0: yep well in lost boys even which oh there was the uh movie marquee right and there was the reference at the end uh in mm-hmm. fact the last line well, spoken was a reference that to, lost boys.
1: to me is more like a homage to us sure like we make that connection yeah but right. in universe i think there's a, a movie marquee that says you know lost boys showing mm-hmm. and then they name drop all of the twilight books mind you them. which weird but all right and then interview with the vampire yep so like in universe these are works of fiction and you know people enjoy them so
0: right after this we learn james bud his name is bud We learn that me, bud Kevin. has its a family bud. and that it seems like he might be either divorced or on the verge of divorce um but They're making it work. It just sounds like maybe because of his dishonesty, he has not been given the, you know, the chance to be a family man. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. He lies a lot. A lot. Because he's keeping it a secret that he's a vampire hunter. Um, So he's trying to do right by his daughter. He's also trying to keep her around. And he finds out that the mom's like, we're going to move to Florida because it's expensive here, I guess. No, 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 no. I mean, yes. That was part of it. It's like
1: five grand for the... Uh, for the tuition. Tuition for the preschool. Or no, the elementary school. Yeah. Great. But no, her mom has a good offer for her there. No real details. Just, you know, her mom's offering something.
0: But this is what gives us our stories drive. This is what gives the movie its purpose. Correct. Well, it gives a timeline. It's not Uh, open-ended,
1: you know, he doesn't have, like, three months to figure out how to make shit work. He's got seven days. He has till Monday to be able to pay for his daughter's tuition to keep his
0: wife from moving to Florida. He's got to make, what is it, like, ten grand? grand. Ten grand. Yeah, because five grand for the tuition, five grand for the braces. Which, I had braces recently. It is that expensive. It is. It's Uh, ridiculous. And insurance does not cover it. (laughs) At this point, we find out, you know, Bud's going to do whatever he can to keep his family around. So he decides to, you know, sell the fangs that he's gotten from the recent vampire. He goes and he sells stuff. He's desperate. So he he gives it up his his pride and joy, which is what was it called Silver? No, wasn't it Eagle Eye or Snake Eyes or something? Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes sounds right. Or that's just a G.I. Joe hero. So we're introduced to a guy named Troy. And he's selling off the the fangs and whatever else he can to try and make that money. Shoes included. Shoes included. Yeah, he totally got his Jordans in the end. But he wanted to get more than he was getting. He took what he could. But then he realized that he he needed help. He needed more. So he got in touch with an old contact from the union. A guy named Big J. Uh, and we uh, we 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 get cut off to uh, to the introduction to our main antagonist, a vampire known as Audrey, and they right off just show us how unforgiving she is because there's a vampire stuck beneath a frame of rebar yeah. on a foundation that is just burning in the sun, but he's not dying. Not it, again. It's not like other vampire flicks where they just perish the moment sun touches their skin it takes time now this is a slow burn they are they are some serious sunburn. torturing vampires in this case and we learned that this vampire known as sasha um we actually didn't learn jack about him we just know that audrey's unhappy with performance or something with something He's like the old way, isn't super
1: on board with her new method. And, you know, in 100 years, they're going to dig him up, which is like, what the fuck? You can bury the vampire in cement for 100 years and then just bring him up and he'll be fine.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is that they cemented him into the ground. He's just living under somebody's house, which, again, that never got brought back up for the remainder
1: of the movie. No, not quite. It gets brought back up when Audrey gets to the house a little bit later to find that, you know, the old woman is dead. It is mentioned as she's driving up and sits in the driveway that she has to leave Sasha alone or something. I don't remember, to be honest. I just remember it gets mentioned there. Sure. But it was, it was a little blurb.
0: But that that was it. And and that was very shortly after that scene. Right. And And so at no point did it get brought up again. We have no idea what purpose that's going to serve we just know that netflix went into this going there's gonna be a sequel no no i feel like that's a setup for like the
1: third sequel
0: future shift (laughs) (laughs) electric boogaloo right yeah day shift night shift electric shift future shift future shift. electric shift boogaloo okay okay that works for me either way It was one of those things where it was like they they anticipated that there was going to be enough enjoyment to this, which I I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel. I wouldn't (laughs) I would watch it. I'd be entertained. entertained. I was entertained watching this. It was it doesn't make any sense. Again, very entertaining. So to that end, we get to know Audrey's savage character a little bit, and then we jump ahead to find out that the vampire that we was Taken out by Bud in the very beginning, was a very important vampire to a certain someone. Correct. And we don't find
1: out who, or we don't find out what the relationship is till quite a bit later, though,
0: mind nope you? Nope. We don't. And then we cut to we're introduced to uh we're introduced to Big J finally, who is uh none other than Snoop Dog. Snoop D O Double G. Yeah. And it was great to see Snoop Dogg back on the screen. He did a good job. I uh, I enjoyed the time we got to spend with Snoop. He rolls in under the... Uh, what song was that? We had to look this one up. It took a bit, but it's I Don't Give a Damn by October London. And we find out at this point that Big J is arranging an opportunity for Bud to be able to rejoin the union so that he can actually make the big money so that he can make all this happen, right? We get introduced to... A lot of characters we we learn about snoop dog's role we learn about we learn about dave franco's role Frank, we learn about seth we learn a little bit about carol yeah. all the characters
1: are really just kind of one note they're entertaining yeah they have they serve their purpose but there's not much to them
0: dave's character is seth was a very fun one interesting one because he's not who you would typically expect to be kind of like that Book of law kind of character. He he knows every policy the union has, and he wants to just be the the perfect employee, right? He's a giant nerd. Not that being a nerd's a bad thing. No. But he's a giant nerd. Honestly, his knowledge of vampires made me wish I had spent more time researching vampires, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but there's a big difference here. Yeah. Vampires are real in his universe. Right. And This is the first time we're being told about you know vampires of other species types, of course, and yeah. So he he's just he he was great.
1: (laughs) He was entertaining. I really hope he does fart in his yogurt for Carol to taste his fart. Now, yeah, I don't know how that works, but I hope he pulls it off because fuck you, Carol.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There was a character named Carol that sat next to him in the union office and. just feel like it's important that they know that she was terrible (laughs) for the brief mention that she had, and she did nothing other
1: than sit there with their headphones on one of the one of the better jokes was the cholesterol joke don't eat carol don't eat carol you know as much as i enjoy the movie they did suck out some of the fun by interjecting this weirdness about the union
0: and like codes and sanctions and fees they had to give our protagonist some sort of a don't mess this up. Sure. Which, for the record, in the end, I don't know that it mattered that much. Apparently
1: not. I, I would for, say. For all was, the like violations he had, there were other codes that made it okay.
0: Yeah. There was a number of times where they figured out loopholes. So after we're introduced to... Seth, we we learned that he's gonna be the field rep that that tags along with Bud along the way, and that he has to make sure that Bud doesn't screw up at all. And if he does, he's out of the union, period. Like ends no or Buds. That's the big favor that Big J asked for. And so the the story basically leads at that point to Bud has to do things more properly. In order to make the money that the union's going to offer, otherwise he's going to get kicked out again, and he's going to have to make ends meet elsewhere. And so Seth tags along, and because he's a desk jockey instead of a field Seth night.
1: is a Seth is an arc,
0: <laughs> kind of is Seth. That's Seth, his whole point. Yeah, his point initially is to be an arc, but of course this is one of those classic tales of you know the the field guy and the jockey and they're they're not going to get along in the beginning but by the end of the by the end of the story they're going to be best friends and, and that's it happened,
1: fair and you know what the great thing is they didn't like they didn't spend a lot of time on the whole betrayal thing they didn't like Bud finds a notebook there's a scene it's like a minute long and done we move on
0: and it was like a handful of violations that he made he was like what are you going to just report this and he's like well Let me explain. I am doing this for my family. If I don't, I'm going to lose them. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm too empathetic. What do you mean? Later on, we're going to be like best friends. And what do you know? And then they are. Yeah. This whole movie actually did kind of fall back on on like an early 90s style movie where there was a lot of things where you would typically question why they did what they did. But. In the end, for the sake of entertainment, it didn't matter. There were elements that came up that were just like, is nobody going to talk about the fact that there's literally nobody else in this city that seems to be privy to what's going on? I guess not. Correct. They're flying down city streets with shit exploding
1: and there's no cops. Nobody's calling any cops. Nobody shows up to be like, what the
0: fuck? And not to mention, this is L.A. It is. Yeah. Los Angeles, whether it's in the 90s or not, it doesn't matter. That place was busy all the time and it still is. Yeah. So to just omit the entirety of the population of that city (laughs) while they're doing all of this, they never talk about them. They never like you see pedestrians one time during that big car scene, Chase. You see the pedestrians wandering the street, getting out of the way when cars are flipping around corners and stuff. But outside of that, we are introduced to only main, secondary, and like tertiary characters. And that's it. Hey,
1: there was a very valid birthday
0: party that, with a bunch of little kids. That birthday party was the only part of the movie that contained any extras that weren't vampires. Keeps the budget down, bud. Yeah, no, I'm not... I'm not disagreeing just saying it's one of those one of those types of movies though where these elements didn't matter and that actually was kind of refreshing it was kind of cool to go back to a time when not every detail of the of the story needed some sort of logical aspect to it i agree
1: but at the same time you also realize how much we've evolved because it's like we have all these nagging questions it's like i I want answers or at least i want to not be hit in the face with shit and then left,
0: yeah, and that's just
1: the way this movie's gonna be. You're so. right, but it's going to deliver. Like the action was awesome, yeah,
0: and the conclusion was was solid. Like it did. relatively satisfying. Yeah, the you know the man the main antagonist gets dealt with. There's an implication that there could be a sequel, um, and outside of that. It was well-rounded. It, like, at the end, you're like, okay, they did this on purpose this way, so you know that the questions you want to have answered aren't going to get answered.
1: You have to come back for the sequel. Yeah. Which is going to come out
0: right after the Blink sequel. The only thing I can hope for is that Netflix doesn't go, there just wasn't enough viewership to keep it going. We get to interact with, with both of those characters for a while as they uh, as they go about their their day-to-day, but then, of course... The antagonist catches catches up with Bud, kidnaps his family. That again, classic trope. What what actually happened that was unexpected was what? Seth becoming a vampire. I did not see that coming. And when he when he lobs his head off, I was like, uh, uh
1: what? <laughs> the head thing, yes. Yeah. I wasn't like surprised by it. But I wasn't. I wasn't expecting it. But it's also the second time Dave Franco's become a vampire in a movie. Really? Yes. What was the other one, Fright Night. I never saw that. Was it any good? Uh, if I remember right, yeah. It had Colin Farrell and Anton Yelkin. Oh, interesting.
0: Anyway, I guess the the movie continues on with with a lot of this action centric bits, like collecting teeth, fighting vampires. They're they encounter a co-op, they go after these vampires um as a team with another pair of vampire hunters. They have a good time not really getting hurt at all <laughs> and just taking out the whole the yeah. whole group.
1: Like the vampires don't present any threat except to Seth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the whole time. Like I mean, yeah, Bud gets a little bit thrown around and, I mean, at one point, he gets literally thrown up a set of stairs and he's, like, astonished by the fact that he got thrown up a set of stairs. Which is true.
1: Which is another point. They all, the regular humans, get thrown around like ragdolls and none of them get hurt. They're like, they all get the wind knocked out of them, but otherwise they're relatively unharmed. They're getting beat up
0: and just, whatever, it's all good. Well, and... Not to mention that both of those classic vampire powers exist in this universe, right? Extended strength. I I won't say super strength, but like they're very strong and they're also very fast. But at the same time, the humans are able to keep up, which generally hasn't been the case. But at the same time, yes, arguably it has because like Buffy was just. A human vampire hunter and she managed to hold her own with martial arts and such. Sure. Um, well, we see from Audrey, like
1: she has some ridiculous super speed. Yeah. But she's the only one. Yeah. Nobody else has this.
0: True. None of them are really exhibited like the, the you know, blink speed effects where it was just like very fast movement. The rest of them were all, you know, they, they seemed a little stronger, but. I think the big ability that all these vampires seem to have was extreme bendability. They were very yeah. flexible. <laughs> they were very flexible. <laughs> like, that was that. And apparently, they don't sense silver trip wire. That's fair. Talk about a way to go out. Just oop! I walked through a very thin wire that was like, "Hey, I'm going to slice you like a piece of butter."
1: Yeah, which was a great way to like sandwich the movie. No. They started with the beginning, good foreshadowing. They used it again for the final scene.
0: And honestly, that was a that was a funny kind of foreshadowing because you wouldn't have expected it. It was one of those like, ha falls for it every time. Really didn't think that was going to be a finisher. Correct.
1: <laughs> but at the same time, they started the movie kind of the, the, like silver wire cutting his head off and then shot him. Yeah. But they finish it. By shooting, then head decapitation. Yeah. And that's the rule. It's supposed to be wood in the heart, then silver in the neck or whatever.
0: Right, which for, for the case of the finale, it was the wooden stake in the, through the heart. And then he tried to shoot her in the neck, but she caught it in her mouth somehow, which I'm pretty sure it went in the back of her neck and she caught it in her teeth in the front of her. But because it went all the way through, it's not going to do anything. I don't know. But then she walks through the wire and we get carried back to the beginning of the movie where it works every time, which was funny. It was fun. It was fun and funny. And I remember (laughs) the one thing was when I turned around to look at you afterwards, you were like, when did he have time to set that up? Because he had been kicked the shit out of. I know. I know. And I was just like, I hope to see something. Maybe he didn't when he first walked in, but I can't imagine that happened either. I mean, even just like a simple like reach out to the side of the wall and we see his hand tap the wall with something could have been a setup for that. And there was nothing. It was just, oh, hey. Well, if they had like cut to him already being on his feet. Yeah, that would be different. But we see him get up. Right. Which means he would have had to have set it up prior to the fight even starting yeah which they must have done it off screen which i guess i guess i'm not gonna call it a cop-out but it's like oh look at that a clever way to ignore the rules it's <laughs> one of those things it's one of those holes just you roll with it yeah exactly you
1: know there's just so many unanswered questions like they find a cache of vampire killing weapons but no no explanation why
0: other than the subtle hints that Audrey was planning a war with someone, but we still don't know who we're not even sure that it's supposed to be with the humans because we find out in the weapons cache that it's filled with ammunition that's meant for vampires. Well, I' also
1: saying it's vampire killing weapons,
0: yeah, it's silver wood bullets and stuff, yeah, so they take the family, and there's even mention of like the the young daughter. Being on the right side of the future war that's about to happen. It's like, yeah. okay, but. Well, I think the
1: intention there was
0: Audrey was going to turn her. Yes, but we still don't know who the war's with. <laughs> sure. Which <laughs> we is don't where like the Night Shift is
1: going to explain that. Yeah.
0: Hopefully, the Night Shift sequel will explain that. But it is actually kind of a cool way for them to tie in day shift to night shift to future graveyard shifts, shift, which is the night shift. Yeah. That's why I didn't say it. Dawn shifts. <laughs> I don't You're know. You're trying real that. hard. You're trying real hard. Twilight shift.
1: Well, really, it's going to be the day sequel. shift, the swing shift, then the other night shift or graveyard shift. <laughs> and then, yeah, we get to Breaking Dawn part one. A lot of these characters were caricatures, which I guess ties back to an earlier point. I'm just looking through the notes, you know, as I took, like, the daughter plays on her iPad during a pretty. Awesome, intense car like, chase? yeah i like the car chase but yeah. she's just playing on her ipad and then she nonchalantly puts it down
0: like oh you need some help yeah so let's talk about that for a second <laughs> there was a significant amount of inadequate reactions to situations yeah the only person in my opinion that pulled off reacting appropriately throughout the whole movie was seth, seth.
1: yeah i'd agree with that and I think I agree with, with his reaction to uh, peeing his pants a couple of times. I think I would, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. I ruined my favorite suit. Oh, great. I guess I'm just the guy who pees his pants now. He was the only one throughout the whole movie that reacted accordingly. His daughter during the car chase is playing some game that looks like Mario Kart, but yeah. it's not.
1: Knock off Mario Kart.
0: Knock off Mario Kart. While they're driving, like you said, and she just. All of a sudden, finishes her race and goes, boy, it looks like you need help. It's like she broke that whole facade that her that her dad built up of, like, daddy's doing his special driving. Don't worry about it. Just keep your headphones on and your eyes down. She just comes to and is like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Like, I'll help you. Hey, look out for that light. Oh, no, here comes a car. And he's veering and dodging and everything. It's like a little 10-year-old girl going... I'm going to help my daddy get out of this car chase.
1: <laughs> yep. But kind of despite all that, I was entertained. I didn't hate watching it. Yeah. It was, it was enjoyable. So for the wrap up, is there anything you would have done differently?
0: For what this movie chose to be right out of the right out of the gate, I would say no. I I liked The fact that they didn't go crazy into detail on everything. I actually appreciated the fact that it was more of a movie that I could just sit back, enjoy for what it is and not feel this need to overthink it, over examine and analyze it. Right. I I came out of it going. This was just fun. And I can appreciate that because a lot of movies today have that desire to be so much more in order to in order to just really win you over and sometimes simple's okay and i and i was kind of grateful for that in this case like i personally felt like it stood pretty well on its own how about you
1: i'd agree for the most part there's nothing i would do specifically differently what? if i was the one doing it but there are certain aspects i might have done differently yeah. like There's a lot of unanswered questions that I kind of felt hit in the face with, but not ever given an explanation or shown anything about. You know, like we have the different types of vampires, and we get a slight explanation of juvenile vamps or zombie vamps as a kind of like interchangeable use, but nothing about the southern, the eastern, the uber, the spider. Uber sounds like maybe they're old ones, but really that's just elder. There's nothing giving there. It's all those little things. I'm like, I have so many questions. I would have liked more answers or would have liked to have seen some kind of explanation or just at least not felt like I was hidden in the face with stuff. But sometimes it's also enjoyable to not hold your audience's hand. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to, I guess, specifically want to change anything. Sure.
0: I, and I would say I, I, I feel similarly, right? Right. Like I already kind of gave my. My two cents, but I would agree that it would have been nice to have a little bit more understanding of like where all these, I don't know, genus of vampires came from. But yeah, if you're out there wanting to watch day shift, I, I say I recommend you just want a nice, easy going action flick. Yeah. If you're willing fantasy.
1: to turn your brain off and just enjoy something. Yeah, I'd go with it. It's a good like B movie. You know, I get a feeling that everyone working on it just enjoyed their job and working together. It was a lot of fun. Don't expect some kind of, like, Lord of the Rings level of mythology and explanation.
0: (laughs) Don't expect a profound fantasy story. Yeah. This is just, your run run-of-the-mill, but entertaining nonetheless. Like, I probably would have paid to go to the movies for this one.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: And, yeah, it was... Definitely enjoyable. Correct. I
1: don't regret watching it twice.
0: All in all, well, well, enjoyable, fun movie. And that's all I got. And that's tonight's episode of Word We're Too literary. literary. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a wonderful, wonderful session of discussing a very fun movie. If you're listening to this on... Any of our podcast sources, Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, please be sure to follow us, leave us a review, let us know what you think so far, any input, any insight you might have on what more you would like to hear from us about. And thank you for listening. Thank you. I've been your host, Kenny. I've been Jonathan. And we'll catch you all next time. Cheers. See you around.